All right, BFABO listeners, welcome to episode 38. Um, today, I have the privilege of introducing you to, to Wendy Norman. She is the owner of Apartment B Photography out of Savannah, Georgia. Uh, she is a whimsical, heart-centered wedding photographer. She is an Enneagram 4, spends most of her free time snuggling her pug, Winston, who is kind of like Studio Doug, kind of was for me, actually more popular than Wendy. Um, she, uh, she loves doing CrossFit and buying yet another pair of Rifle Paper Company Keds. We did not even get into her uh, Ked obsession um, because there was so much more I wanted to dive into. But I will tell you this. Being authentic and showing who you are is all about Wendy and Wendy's approach and part of the topic that we're talking about today of the episode. She has been in this business for 10 years and she has learned that being a photographer is about more than just taking photos. It's about creating a joy-filled, easy experience for everyone in front of a camera. So whether she's making you laugh during one of those chaotic moments on your wedding day or she gets down to the sand and play with your kids during a family shoot, or dancing around, making a giggle. Um, she also likes to send surprises in in snail mail, guys. So every once in a while, she treats her customers and her couples to a, a little surprise in the mailbox, which is which is just all part of her magical photography experience. Um, in addition, Wendy is a wonderful mentor, and uh, she's a leader here in the Savannah wedding community. Um, she is very well respected amongst all of us wedding vendors and um, she is also the co-leader with uh, Bud Johnson, another photographer here in Savannah, on the local Tuesdays Together chapter in Savannah. So we're going to dive in and talk about that all, but for this episode on 38, we're going to dive in and talk what it's like to be a photographer that works in a destination market. Uh, here in Savannah, Hilton Head, Low Country, we are a destination market. And we chatted with Wendy about what it's like and why it's different than working in other markets. Um, she also shared a little bit about what struggles she's been going through. And struggle's a hard word, but uh, being in this business after 10 years, she's finding that she had to make some drastic changes. And one of those scary changes was increasing her prices and knowing that she was valued and, and that her talent and more than that talent was what she was doing for her couples and the experience she was offering was allowing her to increase these prices and become more in line with who she was and how she was feeling and that 2020 Wendy is different than the wedding uh, Wendy of 10 years ago and that she has grown and learned and continued to improve her craft and hone on her skills and she is a Instagram guru I mean this lady can teach you so much about Instagram so for episode 38, we're going to dive into that part of being a destination wedding photographer. But I want to go ahead and say here that episode 39, we're going to dive into mentoring and the value of mentoring and what it's like to co-lead the Tuesdays Together chapter in Savannah and just the importance of going outside of our business and finding somebody to help us reach our brand and create our brand and keep our brand growing. So um, Wendy's one of those people that's a wealth of information and I knew I wanted to give her two episodes. So this first episode, we're going to dive into all the photographer love and just what it's like to work in beautiful Savannah, Georgia. So come right back after this intro and I'm super excited to have you along on the journey and I think you're going to learn a lot from Wendy. She's, uh, she's very, very good at sharing herself and as we like to say, um, standing up naked in front of everybody as she does on Instagram and truly projects her authentic self. So ladies and gentlemen, Listeners from all over and engaged couples, I happily have the privilege of introducing you to 
Wendy Norman, Apartment B Photography. conversations with wedding professionals as they share their stories, insights, and tips from inside the wedding industry. We'll chat about how to be authentic and that it's okay not to be perfect or run your business like someone else's Instagram. Let's dive into the privilege it is to serve our clients and discover the talented creatives that make up our community. When we share what we know and who we are, we better serve our couples as a wedding day team, as well as each other. Simply put, be Fabo. Now here's your host, Bobby Brinkman. All right, listeners, as I said, I'm so excited to have you back on the Fabo podcast today. Um, this is episode 38, and you're in for a treat because I have got the very talented, uh, super giving, and Enneagram 4, Wendy Norman of Apartment B Photography, based out of Savannah, Georgia here. And we are going to dive in today, listeners, wedding business owners, especially, you're going to want to hear this, but we've got some great education for those engaged couples that follow along. But we're going to dive in and talk about what it's like to own a wedding business in a destination market. So everybody, please welcome Wendy Norman, the talented gal behind Apartment B Photography. Hi, Bobby. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm super excited. And, and for those of you listening in, we're recording this on a beautiful February day here in Savannah where it's in the 70s. But above that, this lady just literally moved a few days ago. So again, entrepreneurship, this is what it's like when you just take care of what you got to take care of and you keep moving forward. So I applaud you for taking the time to chat with us today. Absolutely. I would not miss it. This is something I've been really looking forward to. Good. I, I've been wanting to have you on as a guest for a long time. So I already kind of talked a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. But as I always ask all the guests, especially now that you moved, it seems fitting, apartment B, you know, kind of like tell us how apartment B came and when you started it. Um, I know you've been doing this for 10 years, but kind of just let our, our listeners know how Wendy got to Savannah and how Wendy named apartment B and then we'll dive into some heavier conversation. Awesome. That sounds good. So yeah, like you said, I've been shooting for 10 years now, which is kind of mind boggling to even think about, but apartment B, the name didn't actually come about till almost seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, I started my business back in Florida. I was living in Gainesville. I was working in a marketing job at a biotech company of all things. And I have an English degree. So that's kind of where I thought I was going to take my career and ended up shooting on the side and didn't even really think I was going to ever take photography full time um, until I moved to Savannah. And even then I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with photography, but um, I fell in love with Savannah because Funny enough, a wedding is what got me here. Um, my cousin, who lives out on Wilmington Island, which is um, for Savannah locals, you know, it's just a little ways away from downtown Savannah. She got married in one of the squares um, like maybe nine years ago, something like that. And I visited Savannah for the first time ever for her wedding. And when I was here for that first time, I remember thinking, I found my people. This yep. is where I'm supposed to be. Like, I 
couldn't explain the gut feeling because I probably didn't even talk to any locals besides my cousin. Um, but I just knew, like, I just had that like undeniable gut feeling. So it took me a couple years after that to actually get here. Um, I started out working at SCAD. I hadn't taken my business full time at that point. So I got a job at SCAD, got myself moved here and um, just started really shooting on the side a whole lot more once I got here and was able to re I rebranded five or six years ago to apartment B. And the funny story about that is that was actually where I was living when I very first moved to Savannah. I lived in a little studio apartment in the back of one of those beautiful Victorian houses and it was apartment B and probably for six months I'd been trying to think of the right name to rebrand to and all of a sudden I was walking through my front door one day and I saw the B on my door and I went, Apartment B photography. <laughs> that just somehow fits. And it flows and it flows. I mean, it works, right? It works. It sounds good. I felt like it really had the feel that I wanted people to have when they heard that name and they interacted with my company, which was feeling very cared for, like that kind of Southern Savannah feel, like something about that studio apartment in a Victorian house after coming from Florida, where that's not what we had at all, um, just felt like the exact right thing. So I rebranded and started booking a lot more of my own weddings, and I was able to take it full time a little over four years ago, almost four and a half years ago. Um, and now here I am talking to you. <laughs> well, and I mean, and it's such a, when you talk about that for apartment B, I think a lot of us, whether you've been a city person or urban person, there's just something about you always hear in the movies. Oh, there, you know, back in apartment B, there's a great thing in apartment B, or there's always that, and it's that kind of, it's that notion that that's safety or yeah. that's home. And so aside from just being a photographer, that's the vibe that you put out anyway. I mean, you're, you're, you know, we talk about you being whimsical and heart centered, but that really is who Wendy is. And it's evident in anything that that name would possess. So it just makes it, it just makes it, you know, you throw those things out in the universe and they come back to you tenfold. So, so now who you are in 2020 and, uh, throughout the process, you've changed websites, uh, You've gotten more proficient on Instagram. So big shout out to Ava and the B and show it. Uh, and for listeners, you know, you make sure you go over to episode 26 of the podcast because we have a great interview with, with her over there. And, uh, and she is uh, a wealth of information too. And I know a good, good friend of yours. So how in this last four years and now moving to this new place, are you still settled in who you are and the new website is a rebirth and you're, your work's evolving, but you're still at the core of who you are. But is, was that one of the reasons with the rebrand of the website, just freshening up all these new changes in your season? Yeah. So, so what Bobby's talking about is that I just launched a brand new website that, and it's, um, it's the same and it's different. It's, it's kind of been an interesting last year or so. I feel like Yes, a lot of what I want to communicate with my brand and a lot of who I am is the same. I want couples to feel like they're coming home in a sense when they book me, that they, they're almost like they're booking a best friend with a camera instead of just a random wedding vendor. Um, so a lot of that vibe is still there, but also, you know, as you grow in your business, you want your branding to grow. You want the professionalism around your business to grow. So that's, that's kind of what happened with this website is I went through a little bit of an identity crisis last year where 
it all of a sudden felt like things weren't working for me quite like they were in the past. And I actually used to be really scared to talk about that because I thought that people were going to say, I didn't have something figured out or doubt my proficiency as a business owner or something. And lately I've been sharing more of that. And I, I want to keep sharing that because I'm realizing how natural that is as part of owning a business to go through those ebbs and flows of feeling like you have it all figured out for a minute. And then life kind of throws you some curveballs, or your business throws you curveballs, and you have to like stay on your toes and just say, we're going to pivot. We're going to figure out where we need to go from here. So that's kind of what last year was. It was kind of like the breakdown before the breakthrough. Um, it was, it was a tough year. I, I felt like I lost myself a little bit. I felt like I wasn't sure who I was or what I wanted to do. I felt very burned out. Um, because I think I was, my pricing was off the way I was communicating was off something like, I haven't even figured out exactly what it is, but it was kind of a little bit of everything. And so I spent a lot of time in the last six months or so talking to good business friends, doing a lot of internal searching, a lot of reading like spiritual books and, you know, personal growth books and things like that. And really what it came down to is I just had to kind of stop looking at everybody else and get back to the root of me and who I am. And I like to be candid. I like to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I had sort of started censoring myself a little bit as, you know, my Instagram following grew and all of that. And I just realized I, I need to get back to me and me is fine. And me is what people wanted in the first place when my business started. So why did I start thinking that that wasn't enough or wasn't right? So long story short is I think I really got back to the core of who I am with this new website and also, you know, was able to sort of up-level my business at the same time with it. And, and I, I want to add on that too. And I know that uh, here in our area and you you know, it's not about the number of followers and, and you're a lovely proponent of that while you are Instagram and you are considered an Instagram guru by many <laughs> of us because your stories are always out there. But it's not about getting those likes and it's more than the life that we see in these nine squares and i wanted to touch a little bit on the fact and i and i do reach out to you and make a comment you know you had posted a whiteboard um, for listeners she put a whiteboard up and she was like this is how many weddings i have and she for whatever reason was feeling defeated because she didn't have like i don't know how many weddings she thought she could have or handle but it wasn't about the quantity of the weddings that wendy was booking it's the quality that she was delivering. And I think that 10 year, I think I've been doing this for 40. So I think when I think back to my 10 year, I think I evolved so fast and I thought I had it figured out. And then all of a sudden, like you said, I was booking weddings left and right, but why was everybody booking me? And I wasn't having fun anymore. Mm -hmm. And it boiled down to if every single per person is booking me because of my price and nobody's negotiating, my prices were too low. Mm -hmm. And that's hard for uh, any business owner, not just photographers, but that's hard for any of us business owners to deal with because we don't value our worth and we don't know that we would invest in ourselves. We have to take that part out of what we do, even though we're in a very personal, customized business, we have to step out. So when somebody like Wendy has all these followers and everybody listening comes out and is authentic man, she just puts everybody else at ease. And I challenge all of you throughout your process with Instagram. When I started, obviously we didn't have this, ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
but you have to be that way. And, and you, I think caught, fell right into that trap. Like you said, you lost a little bit about yourself. The work was still there, but you were trying to be all to everybody. And, yeah. and you were trying to figure out where you wanted to go and you didn't want to say no to couples. Cause I, I think you're a, a pleaser by heart. Yes. Um, I know you're the Enneagram number four yes. and, uh, and we can talk about that a little bit, but in, in growing and finding to where you are now in these 10 years and what you're doing, it's, it's how do you approach and explain and manage your expectations for yourself now that you're 10 years and you're starting 2020 off with a brand new website, you're still you, but how are you managing those expectations for yourself? Well, I think one of the biggest things that I'm doing is trying to stay in my lane and not in everybody else's. So I recently um, hired a business coach for the first time, which I wish I had done many years ago. Right. Uh, Teresa Ernest, which I know we both know her. Shout right. out to her. She's wonderful. And one of the things that she said to me is to just stop looking at other people's pricing, stop looking at other people's packages, stop trying to worry about what everybody else is doing because they're them and they're not you. And we talked a little bit to kind of bring the Enneagram into this as well um, about marketing as your authentic Enneagram type. And that if you aren't showing up kind of authentically in that way, whatever your number is, that you're going to create like a disconnect with couples. You know, like if I'm almost like trying to show up as someone else, if I'm watching another photographer in town and saying, man, I should really be marketing like they are, or I should be interacting with vendors the way they are, or I should price myself the way they are. That might, they're probably a different number than me. And so right. if I'm following what they're doing, then that's going to create a really big disconnect. And I actually think that's what I was really feeling in this last year is I all of a sudden stopped just being my true Enneagram for self, which if you follow Enneagram, you know that we're kind of emotional <laughs> and we like to talk about deep feelings and, you know, we're the type that has like a playlist for a rainy day, a playlist for a sunny day. Like we're, we're creative. We, we want to be individuals. We want to be seen as unique. Like, and so it's really ironic that as a four, where my highest value, like where a lot of my motivation comes from is wanting to be unique. I was not doing that. And I was trying to just fit in with the crowd because I, I just started to get that imposter syndrome feeling of like, why is my business growing? Why are people booking me? What, what is happening here? Right, right. And I think I just didn't fight that. You know, I let that kind of happen until this last year when I got to that breaking point. And I, and I think that that for the, especially for the business listeners that are, that are joining us today, I want, I want everybody to hear that, while this industry is the easiest industry to get into, let's face it, you can go buy a camera, call yourself a wedding photographer, and you don't even have to have a website. You can just go on Instagram and say, I take photos on savannah.com, and, and you can be a photographer. Um, but what it is is we don't we compare ourselves, and we don't know that person's story. And, and they may only need to make X amount of dollars a month. They may not want this. They may not want to do 10 weddings a month. They may want to do one wedding for $5,000 or they may want to do 10 for 500, you know, um, it hurts the industry in general and it brings us all down a little bit, but it's part of this industry and you have to be aware of it. And we have to be our biggest fans. Uh, we have to know that we can only improve on what, who we are and what we were last week and not worry about anybody else. And that is, is a hard thing to do in a market like we are in 
We are in the Savannah, Georgia area, which covers low country, some of Hilton Head. So that means couples are always looking for us. So people have to find us. So we have to be out front. We have to be on Instagram. We have to be on a website that pops. We have to be communicating and networking. So in order to do that, pricing comes into play. So within your new website that you have going, um, yeah. maybe we can talk about the website is doing the work for you and people are still seeing you. Mm -hmm. How determined is it for you that your pricing a, you did not post it all on there. You didn't have a whole two pages that talk about pricing because pricing in your opinion should come out of the equation of being hired in our market. Is, is that kind of your line or, or what's your take on putting pricing on your website when you had a chance to just do that and maybe later or you'll do it. But for now, What's your reasoning behind that when I think it plays a role in people right. looking for destination photographers? I, I have very mixed feelings on this, and I feel like if you ask me again in six months, my yep. answer might change. Because <laughs> um, like we said, this is always evolving, and we're all just kind of learning to do this as we do it. But I, I found that if I put a starting point, which is what I have on my website right now, that my prices start at $4,500, um, that it invites a conversation. So by having the the basic price, like if a couple does not have that money in their budget, they're probably not gonna contact me. So I wanted to give a lead starting price um, because that does help with the price shopping a little bit. Um, I still do get inquiries where they end up not being able to afford me. They maybe haven't seen that line on the website or they maybe just came to me through Instagram where they're not seeing any pricing. Um, but I feel like as long as they know where it starts, then once they reach out to me, they can start that conversation with me. So I'm the one replying to their emails so they can kind of hear that little bit of personality in my emails. I send them um, a really beautiful kind of pricing guide. So it's more than just what I feel like would almost be like a static page on a website right. and feel right. kind of like impersonal in a way. Instead, it's this like beautiful guide where it's got a picture of me and my bio and an explanation of why I do full day coverage as opposed to a set number of hours, like all these little things. And I feel like it lets them feel a little more invested in the packages than if they just saw it like in black and white on the website. I agree 100%. And I, I think too, having 10 years into this now, you know, one of the things that, that you speak about and is true to you is that there's, it's more than taking a beautiful picture. It's the, um, you want to create an epic experience for your clients. And, and that is definitely what Wendy does at Apartment B. And so listeners, what I want you to hear is when you get to a certain price point, don't let the 4,500, don't let 2,000, don't let 1,500 scare you away. You need to do what represents you and who you are. And as you grow, you will know what you need and what you need to do. But the engaged couples that are listening, I equate this to we're a luxury. You don't have to have wedding photographers. You don't even have to have a flower. So anything that you do outside of just getting married is a luxury. So you don't go to a fine restaurant. We all know the old adage. If I go to a restaurant where there's no pricing on the menu, it must be expensive. So you have to equate that you're going for an experience. You want your wedding photographer to deliver you an experience as well. Here in the destination market, you know, really the wedding industry itself, Wendy, and I think you agree with me, is it's we're starting over every time anyway. We're like a realtor. You come by a house and you leave. Yeah. We don't get the chance to even continue on as many other markets do. So here in the destination Savannah market, people have to find us. 
So when people find you, you alluded to this, they actually get you answering the email, they get you in voice, kind of what's the process that you go through to put somebody at ease from California that's trying to go, oh my gosh, I'm going to invest $4,500 or more to somebody 4,000 miles away. What's that process that you kind of think sets you apart from others? Yeah. So client experience and kind of the whole process from start to finish is something that I geek out over a little bit. And I feel like I, I don't even have it where I want it to be yet because I feel like I'm always learning more about how to make the client experience better. So I can only get better at this, but, um, but where I've kind of landed at now is usually I get inquiries, um, either through my website or through Instagram. And, um, most of my referrals are like either strict coming from Google because Adriana, um, Ava and the B did the SEO on my site so well that that really helped me. Um, Instagram is my biggest social media referral base. And then word of mouth from either just people that know me or people that I've photographed before and then other vendors in our awesome little community here. So whichever way they end up coming in to find me, you know, they send me a message. I'm the one replying to them. I offer them the option to either have a phone call, a video call, or meet me in person. Um, So many of our couples don't live here, and some of them don't even come to Savannah before their wedding day, which I know, you know, makes planning, like, a little nerve-wracking on their end. And so that's why I do that video call option, because different people have different comfort levels, too. Even offering that, some people still opt for a phone call, and that's totally fine. I want them to feel whatever is most comfortable for them. So we have a consultation. That's when we go over all the details of the packages. I make sure that they know how, how I work on a wedding day, what they can expect from me. I don't want anybody going through the process feeling like I didn't know that this was going to happen, or I didn't know how she was going to handle this situation. I want them to come away from that consultation feeling like, they know me, they know me on a personal level, they know me as a business owner, and they feel confident that they just spent money in a good way, not in a risky way. Well, so, and, they, and they have to understand too that, again, I just said that, if they don't ever come here, they have to trust us. Yes. They have to go, okay, I'm looking at Wendy's pictures, I see that she takes pictures here, she takes pictures here, I just got done doing a conference, so I know she's an actual human being and not a robot. So, but somewhere along the line, before I, I, I got to have something that releases that funds to you. And the way that you go about doing that is, is so much more than like we talked about the photography part of it. So these people are reaching out to you and basically when, by the time they really get to that process and, and be honest, you're having a kind of conversation by the time they get there to you, how many, you're probably saying no more than they're saying no, because by the time they reach out to you and have a chat, most of them are ready to, to book you securely correctly. That, yes, I would say the, the percentage wise, yes, once we've chatted, there's a good chance, but I do, I mean, I'm not immune to the interview process. You know, they may have had a chat with two or three other couples and are not couples, um, photographers. And, you know, if they've had an, you know, an hour long conversation with three different people and they don't choose me, what I'm trained myself to feel and what I'm still reminding myself because I'm human and I can still have that moment of like, oh man, you know, what happened that they didn't pick me. But what I want to feel in that moment is that they picked the right person for them. Exactly. And that if they didn't book me, that is not a reflection on me as a human, as a business owner, as a photographer. That is purely that they picked the person they are going to have the best connection with. 
I almost want to say, like, I talk about this a lot when I'm like mentoring other people or speaking that, um, the idea of attract and repel is super important. You want to be so authentically yourself that people either absolutely must have you cannot stand to work with anybody else, or they feel very certain that they don't want to work with you. Right. And so that, you know, as long as I'm showing up as my true authentic self in those consultations, even when I get the no, for whatever reason that is, I think, great, I did my job. I made sure that they really understood who I was. And if I'm not their person, I'm not their person right. and that's okay. So that's, um, that, that's really important to me is to keep that in my head. And that's anybody listening that ever feels that sting of rejection, which we all feel because we're humans, just keep reminding yourself that it just means they found someone that's a better fit for them. And that means you probably dodged a bullet that that was going to be a mismatch for right. you anyway. And, then, and there's somebody to come along that that is a better fit for you. And again, I'm going to say this loud and clear. And if you don't get booked for every single Saturday, people, you are not a failure. I yes. mean, you know, you need you need to not work every single weekend. Um, fostering relationships is in this industry is just as important as fostering your personal relationships. I mean, you know, we we are not solving cancer here. We're not solving a world problems or we're, we're not dealing with who and who is not singing at the Super Bowl. We're not right. dealing with, with these things. We are trying to be of service to these couples who come in and, tr and trust us. And again, in our market where sometimes they only know any of us and even the venue from looking online. And it's amazing to me that people still go up. Oh, nope, not coming at all. I'm booking all you online and I'll see you on the wedding day. And we all now are going, hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yep. And, it's so different in this market than other markets. And when we say we're in a destination market, I want to be clear where people are coming to us. We're not going to them. So yes. what's, what's some of the other struggles as a, as a business owner, successful business owner that you find working in a destination market, like we're in Savannah, one of the top three destination markets. What's some of the other struggles um, that you feel as a business owner that you've worked on overcoming or that are just, no matter what, they're going to be part of it. I think for me, it's connecting with the couples when they haven't come here. Um, and I wouldn't even say it's a struggle. It's maybe just something I'm trying to get better at even doing every single time, which is um, kind of goes back to that whole process of what happens like once they book me. Um, I like to stay in touch with my couples either over Instagram, if they're, if they're Instagram savvy and they want to be friends on there. I, I love that because then I can get a peek into their lives. They can get a peek into my life and we can at least create a relationship that way, even if they're not here in person. And then I also like to send um, snail mail surprises kind of throughout the planning process so that they, they're just reminded, like, I'm a human, I'm over here. I'm excited for your wedding. You're not just a number. You're not just, you know, like, and, and that kind of goes back to the number of the weddings. You don't even that you have doesn't even matter because your couples aren't a number. They're right. a, a couple that has a completely unique love story and they matter just as much as all of your other couples. And so I feel like, um, so that's, you know, when my couples are in person, when I get to shoot a local Savannah wedding, then I get a lot more FaceTime with them and it's a little easier to build that connection. So what I'm always trying to overcome is those actual physical miles between us. And I've just found a lot of different touch points throughout the planning process that can help with that. 
And we also, I, I don't know about you, but you know, especially me, um, this particular year in 2020, you know, I have, I have two Canadian, I've already had an Australian couple. Yeah. Um, I have two Canadians in California. And let me just tell you, you know, when they need to chit chat at three in the afternoon, it's a whole different time zone here for us. So it's, right. uh, we have to always manage our, I think our business a little bit differently here because we are dealing with more uh, time zones. Let's go back to Instagram a little bit. It's, it's a perfect question because again, everybody, she is amazing on Instagram and we could do a whole episode or podcast episode just on her and Instagram, <laughs> but you made the decision to put Wendy out there as apartment B and Wendy all in one. I mean, you hear people saying, Hey, I kept it separate. Don't do it the same way. But your reasoning behind that of, of just being Wendy through and through, and have you seen that that is indeed a benefit, especially the last couple of years? That's a hundred percent. I feel like would attribute to a huge amount of my success is what I do on Instagram. Um, I've had even one of my couples for this fall. Um, I, they booked me last fall when they got engaged. And so this is a great story. Actually, what happened is the guy reached out to me and said, I'm about to propose to my girlfriend she already knows that you're going to be her wedding photographer and they weren't even engaged yet. <laughs> so he reached out to me and I ended up shooting their surprise proposal. And part of his like almost gift to her, which I almost hate putting it like that because it makes me sound way cooler than I am, but was to have me at the proposal shooting it because he was a great guy and he listened to her and he paid attention. And, you know, so he was giving her something that was going to make her really excited. So she got the ring and was, you know, over the moon about that. And then he pointed me out kind of hiding in the bushes and then she was extra excited. And, um, and the great thing is, you know, they, they just booked without a question because she just already knew she trusted me from everything I've shared on Instagram. But I and, think some of these couples start looking. I mean, think about it. If they know they're going to have a destination wedding, excuse me, and they're coming into um, our market, they've already kind of done some research. I mean, I think girls these days are, are like, okay, I know a ring's coming, it's coming, it's coming. <clears throat> excuse me again. But um, so they start looking and they get on Instagram and they're like, hey, here's my venue. <clears throat> I want to look at that. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do and they already fall in love with you. So yes, you are cool. That guy was really <laughs> smart. I mean, points for he goes, I mean, I'm going to score points twice here. My fiance is going to love me and maybe that Wendy might give me a deal because I, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but that's, but that's, that's the relationships that we want to be because you know, we are the vendors that are with you the longest. I mean, not when I'm not knocking our wedding planner friends, but we are really with you the longest of the day in your face with you. Because yep. we're constantly there doing something. So how does that, how does building this trust on Instagram and doing the stories and them getting to know you and getting to know Winston, your pug, which is, I know when I had studio dog Hannah, she got more attention than I did. People would bring oh, yeah. her gifts and everything. So how does building that relationship on Instagram, how does that parlay into the experience now on the wedding day that you're offering and the ease that your customers, your couples are and then also how that parallels into working with the rest of the vendors on the day. Yeah. So really, I feel like we get to the wedding day and especially say it's a couple that I didn't get to meet until the wedding day. Like we didn't do an engagement shoot. They weren't going to be in Savannah. They've lived in, you know, Oregon the entire time. Um, when we get to the wedding day, they'll, you know, I've often heard like, you're so much like you are on Instagram. And it's like, 
Yeah, because because I'm showing you the real me on Instagram, not like a fake professional version. And even last year when I feel like I lost myself a little bit and I was maybe not showing up like quite as like deeply or authentically, I was still me in the sense that you saw my personality, you saw the way I communicate, you saw my like when I'm silly, like you just could see all the little facets of me. And so when I get there, they feel like they already know me, which immediately puts them at ease because it's like everybody thinks it's a little awkward to be in front of the camera until they do it. So they've got those nerves and all of a sudden they're like, oh, this is just a person that I've gotten to see on Instagram. And she actually genuinely cares about me and is here to help me on my wedding day and not make it harder for me. And I think that that the trust that's built over just the internet is incredible. And that translates into the wedding day. And I've even had um, a lot of my bride's parents follow me on Instagram, which I think is really awesome because then when I get to the point of interacting with the family on the wedding day, they also feel comfortable with me already. I'm not just a stranger with a camera. I'm the girl that they've been watching as they've all been getting excited about coming to Savannah. And, and I show a lot of Savannah in my stories for that reason too, is for all of our destination brides, they're so excited to come to Savannah. Like we might almost forget sometimes how like how special it is that we live in Savannah in the low country and it becomes almost normal to us. But to everybody that's coming here for their wedding, it's like, it's like that first time I visited Savannah where I'm looking around going, this is the most magical place I've ever been in. So I want my couples, I want their family and their friends to know that like, Savannah is just as important to me and I think it's just as magical as they do and that I'm excited for them to come here and experience it and I can't wait to give recommendations on like places to eat or things to do um, and that just really creates a bond that helps so much on the wedding day. Well and so many couples had the experience that you and I have hey I came to visit I fell in love with it so they're on vacation going man if I ever get married this is where I'm gonna get married so we're all in the same boat for that so that brings me to my next question because of where we are and what we do, every single couple, and I, and I know we just had, you had this little debate on your, uh, when you were selecting images for your website, <laughs> but it's, it's a true debate. Here's every couple on your Instagram page. Every couple goes, oh my gosh. And this happens no matter where you live, people, there's these iconic things or, or venues. But how do you not become, hi, this is Wendy. I'm going to take your photos in front of these five icons where it looks like vacation photos. How do you teach your couples that, yes, we'll try to go to the fountain, but if it doesn't happen, here's other things that work out. Um, managing those couples' expectations so that you don't get burnt out doing the same photo in front. And even though you and I both are going to agree that I don't really get burnt out doing that because every couple brings their own you know, vibe to it, but right. how, how do we as vendors in this market, as photographers especially, teach our couples that there's more to Savannah than the five iconic things that they think they know. Yeah. Well, I think it's a couple of things. I think it's that we're setting ourselves up as Savannah experts because we are, because we live here, we shoot here every weekend, you know, we're in the squares, walking the streets like every single week. And so, especially by following me on Instagram, they're like, wow, I don't even know where that little, you know, 
stairs that you just shot in front of are, but those are beautiful. Can we do something like that? You know, or they'll just tell me the vibe that they want. But the other thing that I keep reminding myself when I have had those moments where I go, okay, this is probably the hundredth time I've shot in front of Forsyth Fountain or Lafayette Fountain or something that even if it's a hundredth time for me, it's the first time for them. Right. And that matters. That matters more to me than me being like burnt out or bored or anything like that because every couple is so different. It's exactly what you said. Every couple brings their own vibe to it. And so what I try to do is give them a mix of, you know, like they've seen, I get a lot of people, they love Lafayette Square. It's that beautiful green fountain. It's really iconic to Savannah, just like Forsyth is. And they'll say, let's do photos in, in Lafayette Square. And so I get them those iconic shots because they, they have seen those and they want them in those photos, you know? It's one thing to see it on Instagram and it's another thing to have that printed in your home with you in front of it. And so I make sure I get them the iconic photos and then I'm like, let's also spend time wandering some of the little side streets around Lafayette Square. Let's walk from Lafayette over to whichever square, however much time we have. And like the best part about Savannah is all the nooks and crannies along the way. And some, most of the time, if I'm walking around downtown with them, I don't even have it planned where I'm going to shoot next, or at least we're on the way to somewhere that I'm going to shoot. And don't you sometimes think like, I, I'm sure you're a lot like me, like I'm talking, going, yeah, that's great. That's great. And in my head, I'm going, around this corner, around this corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. hey, let's go here. And they're like, oh, I didn't even know this was here. And in my head, I'm going, neither did I, but man, it looks great with what you're wearing, you know? Exactly. And that's the best part of Savannah, I think, and that's why people love Savannah so much, is no matter where you walk, it's beautiful. Right. And so we're, as photographers, you know, people have hired us to be the experts, not only for the area, but also obviously in our craft. And so I feel like, yeah, as I'm walking with couples, I'm holding a conversation and then at the same time thinking, all right, the light's really beautiful from this direction. And I'm really loving how this background's looking. Hey guys, let's stop here real quick and do a couple shots here. Um, and even, uh, yesterday I was doing an engagement shoot and we were finishing up on Jones street. They, the couple loves to come and stay on Jones street when they visit and we were getting right up to dusk and it was getting like a little bit dark, like pushing it a, a little dark, but all the street lights were on. And so I took pictures of them that had, you know, all the street lights of Jones, all the gas lamps kind of on behind them. And I showed it to them on the back of the camera and they were like, oh my gosh, the lamps, we love the right. lamps. Right. And that's something that I didn't even have to plan out a specific spot to do that. I just picked a beautiful spot as we were walking. And so I think, I really think the more couples trust you already, the more they're going to let you just do your job and pick beautiful spots besides just the iconic places. Well, I think we're also validating too, because we share on Instagram and we're, and, and you do a lot of behind the scenes about, Hey, I'm walking on Joe Street. I'm doing this. I think potential clients all get a tour of, Hey, I might like my photos there. And you know, we're doing a service to other people, even though they don't hire us. Um, they may see a photo somewhere in Savannah that is something interesting and that they like. And, and I, I always kind of love it when somebody, especially another photographer, sends me a text and goes, where exactly is that? Because you <laughs> found something that is unique but quintessential Savannah. And yeah. I think that's how we as creatives uh, keep challenging ourselves. So, you know, on that now, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. But okay. as 10 years in this industry now, um, how important is it, do you feel, that a wedding planner is a must 
for the weddings in Savannah? I think it's extremely essential. Um, I will obviously still shoot weddings without a planner. I, I'm not at the point where I would make that, you know, a criteria for booking a couple, but I really think it's essential, um, because it's going to let them enjoy their day more. That's really what it comes down to it for me is when my couples don't have a wedding planner or at least a day of coordinator, they, they're worrying all day long. Even if like their mom is great at events or, you know, really good at handling details, weddings are kind of their own beast. And if you've never done a wedding before, there's all sorts of things that are going to pop up that you aren't even thinking about. And I don't want my couples to have to think about that stuff on a wedding day. Nope. I want them to literally just be the bride and groom or the bride and bride or the groom and groom, whoever they're going to be. I want them to do them. And I want their family to also get to be part of the day and enjoy their day. And mom to not be running around setting up tables until five minutes before the ceremony and then throwing on her dress and missing all the moments of like her daughter getting ready. Like, I don't want, I don't want anybody in the family wedding party or couple to feel like, they can't just experience today. That they're so that's, working. That they yeah. spent all this money to come to this beautiful destination and yet they're working. Exactly. I mean, and that's the other thing for us. While a wedding planner, I believe, is needed all the time, I agree with you 100%, in other markets especially, but here, logistics, half the time these people don't have cars. So they have yeah. to figure out how to get from part A to part B. And everybody um, listening in from a, a different markets, when I tell you that Savannah doesn't have like an entourage of limos driving up and down, which was major culture shock for me. So I'm like, well, we'll just drive a limo. We'll just get in a limo. But that doesn't happen here. Um, it is trolley buses or lots of Ubers, but parking is a premium here. So you have to really be to get to point A to point B. So I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you agree with that because it's, it's at 10 years into this, you could do timelines in your sleep organize it for yourself and still put your couples at the forefront. Um, but I, I just, I wanted listeners to hear that in this destination market, it, it takes, it truly does take a team and you need an expert in each area of your, um, of your, you know, day so that you can thoroughly be present with it. So that, that is, I'm glad to say that. Totally, totally agree. And, and part of the kind of luxury client experience that I provide is helping them build the photography timeline, but that's also part of the whole working with other vendors and all kind of being on like team couple is that, you know, I want the wedding planner. They're the expert in all the logistics. Like, like all the details, they're making it beautiful and they're making it run smoothly, but they're not a photographer. So they don't necessarily know how much time I need to do certain things. Um, they may not even realize that the bride and groom want to go somewhere else for photos. It's going to take extra time, whatever that may be. So I can be a good like coworker of sorts to a wedding planner by providing all the information they need from a photography standpoint so that then they can kind of build in all the other parts of the timeline. And then it becomes this really like seamless, awesome experience for the couple. I agree. So you talked a little bit about earlier back on the business side of, of, of life here. You know, you, you're one of the um, photographers that believe in I'm not coming out for six, seven, eight hours. You want to share your reasoning uh, behind why you think you can't do a 10 hour wedding in six hours? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I know you're laughing. <laughs> Slight sarcasm. I know. Um, I, so I used to 
offer packages that were seven, eight, and nine hours of coverage. And that was literally up until last August. So that's how much like in real time, I'm still kind of evolving my business and changing things. So and I don't want to interrupt you, but did you do that? You think because everybody else was doing that? Is, is that why you came up with that hourly plan? Absolutely. Because I had heard, I don't even know from who, I guess just picked it up from, right. you know, learning in the industry that like eight hours was, uh, was perfect for a full day coverage. And that nine hours was really only needed if you were going to go do extra photos somewhere else. And so I had that in my head and this is proof that you got to get out of your head and you got to like pay more attention to what you're learning than right. what someone else is telling you. Because I realized I would even say that to the couples, I'd say eight hours is perfect for getting ready through final exit. And I realized that every time I shot an eight hour wedding, I felt rushed yep. and it wasn't that I couldn't shoot at all. Like I can technically cover everything in eight hours, but it was so planned down to the minute that I felt like it was creating stress. And my whole entire goal is for my clients to love their photography experience, for that to be a seamless, easy part of their day and to not dominate their day and make their day all about that. And not and have them say, I felt rushed through my day yeah. when, when I don't even think that people realize that they do that. I, don't, I, I think they get in their head, oh, six hours and I'll charge this and this. And if you want to give your client that experience, then by all means do it. And you're 100% right. We can shoot those events and those times that they get put in a time, but I don't know how it's a story anymore. Now it's like a scripted thing. Go here, do this, do that. How are you going to get any emotion out of anybody if it's constantly, okay, what time is it, Wendy? Okay, time to pivot two seconds to the left, or we got four seconds left here. So, you know, I wanted listeners to hear that, especially new ones coming to this industry, just because somebody's saying six, seven, eight. If that's the service you want to offer, great. But if you want to give your couples an experience and tell their story, why are we putting a time limit on it? Well, and it kind of goes back to the whole how you encourage couples to do something outside of just the iconic shots in Savannah. Yep. And when I only had, you know, 25 minutes for bride and groom photos in one location and that was it that's really all you get is the iconic shots. And then you don't have time to go off the beaten path or get and anything. And that's if out. everybody was on time in front of you. Oh, exactly. Like I, I've had situations. I know you and I could both go on for hours about all the ways that weddings get delayed, but I had a bride whose zipper on her dress broke and they didn't know until she went to put it on. She had tried it on a week before and it was fine and it got stuck and she couldn't get it on. Her aunt had to hand sew her into it and it put us back 45 minutes. And that was when I was still doing eight hours of coverage. We made it work because we all know how to work a miracle on a wedding day. But it, if I had had 10 hours to shoot that day instead of eight planned, we would not have even had to worry. We would have said, great, we lost 45 minutes. No big deal. Let's all sit around and chat for that 45 minutes while you're getting sewn into your dress and not be worrying about anything. And I want, I want my couples to have the space on a wedding day to actually take in what's happening, <laughs> to not, to not feel like, yeah, they're just following a schedule and being dictated to on where they have to be and what they have to do. We're going to make a timeline so that everyone's comfortable and knows where they need to be. And there's no questions, but I want to, I love that now I can say to my couples, we've got this great chunk of time right here that like, if you guys could go do anything on your wedding day what would you go do? Like right. think outside the box. 
would it be going down to river street and grabbing a drink at like your favorite dive bar, but you're in your wedding clothes? Would it be like pausing to have a picnic together? Like whatever the sky's the limit. Like you tell me what would make your wedding day super extra fun and we'll build that in. And I've seen such a shift. Like I'm just starting to shoot these full day coverages cause I just changed it not so long ago. And it has just, it's night and day, the experience for my couples. Well, and we also, you know, you and I shoot a lot of storytelling. You do a few more amazing, epic pose photos than I do. And I use the word pose, not derogatory as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, with the way, with the way my editorial storytelling style, long before Martha Stewart coined it, coined it as being popular, I was that person, you know. Yeah. Um, but I need my couple, I need to get them a time to react to what's going on. I mean, I want, if you say, okay, you got two seconds, here's your dad, hug, move on. I don't even get to tear. I mean, right. I can't, you know, and it's, and I'm, I, and I'm a sports photographer. I, I stop NHL pucks in midair with a logo for you. Yep. I, I'm fast, but they need to be able to breathe and react. And, and that's a photo is full, especially a still photo is full of moving emotions. And Absolutely. our privilege is to witness that. And then our honor is to capture it. And I think we're tasked to do that. So when, you know, I always joke all the time, so I'm not going to be there when you first roll out from your first curl to your last drunk, but I'm going to be there for a good chunk of it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you know, venues end at 930 or 10 and they leave. So, so should we, but, mm -hmm. um, but to say, Hey, you can only do this for six hours. And then it boils down to now, when do people come to you and go, Oh, well, what does full day really mean? And if I divide that by, X amount of dollars, you're getting $750 an hour. I mean, have you well, got you know what's you know what's really great is that I actually haven't had anybody ask me exactly. that. Exactly. And that's exactly. what I think that's the big shift that I'm yeah. seeing is when I had it hourly, they're thinking hourly. Right. They're that's how down. they get paid. That's how they most of them earn their even if even our high-end lawyers, they go, yeah. Oh, my I get five hundred bucks an hour. So Bobby, you're getting nine fifty an hour. Okay, right. that's how the world's thinking. You take that out and say, this is what my services cost. In order for me to cover your day, I'd be thrilled to. This is what my investment is because you're not paying me for being here today. You're paying me for all my experience and time and investment in myself prior to today. Exactly. And that's, you know, if you think about, I don't know, like a Prada shirt versus a Walmart shirt, you know, the, this might be a loose analogy, but go with it. Um, you know, they're both a shirt. They both like took X amount of time to like physically sew it up. You know, that's like some set amount of hours, probably about the same, but the quality in the shirt is different. The fabric is different. The cut is different. Like, and that's all stuff that's been honed by these luxury companies that, you know, a Walmart shirt isn't necessarily taking all the time to do that kind of research and that kind of fitting. And so, yeah, maybe say it takes, I don't know, 15 minutes to sew each shirt. That does not mean they're equal. And so I feel like that's kind of how it is with photography. And I've had to get myself thinking like that too, because that's how I used to build my packages is I would say, if I'm X amount of dollars an hour and an engagement shoot costs this much and an album costs this much, like, let me total all that up and that'll get me some package price. And now like, of course we have to take into consideration cost of goods, cost of time. Like we're business owners, we're doing the math behind the scenes, but there's an intrinsic value too that is being built into that as well. Well, it also allows, you know, we, you know, I, 
even 40 years in this, I will get somebody that will call me and say, hey, Bobby, I know your collections include an album. We just don't want one. Well, okay, then your mom will get this one. I mean, mm -hmm. if it's listed all out, it's now like, okay, take from site B to site A. And I, by all means, everybody, I'm not somebody that knocks anybody. I believe everybody achieves the success by your own definition and you all follow your own path, but just don't compare yourself to somebody else because they may not be going down the same path that you're going. But mm -hmm. it's, I think when you get to where you are and where you've settled in a good way right now and this season of your life, you get a lot less people that will do that. They won't be taking this out or adding this out. And I find that when, once I realized that for myself, obviously many years ago, mm -hmm. um, I enjoy myself so much better now during the process. When I go to the wedding, I just get to be there. I get to cover the story. And you know what? If I want to hang out, if I, I sometimes arrive an hour and a half early. You know why? Because I love what I do now. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm not tied in. Well, if I get here at five and then they want me to start at four, I, that whole mentality has changed. I'm here. And especially on the weddings when I haven't met anybody, I show up a little bit early and, you know, I, I don't walk in with, and I'm, again, not insulting anybody here. I don't walk in with the camera to my eye and start clicking. Right. I don't right. even walk in with bags. You know, I walk in and say, hey, everybody, how's it going? Yep. Hey, Bobby, I'll be with you all day. You go ahead and tell me your name, but I'll be honest with you, I'm hitting 60 years old and I'm going to forget. So I'm just going to call you Fabble Person 1, Fabble Person 4. And you know what? The joke about that is great. And 90% of people hand me a Mountain Dew to go along with my day, or they've known something about what's happening. So yeah. it is it is when you find this level of peace within yourself as a business owner, you have to keep growing. But I, I applaud so much, Wendy, in uh, achieving this. And, I, and I, I, there are so many times I didn't comment because I just want to say, do not worry about how many things are on your whiteboard. Yeah. You're, you're so further along than you think, and you're so much more valued than you think. But I, I never want to get into a preaching thing of you, but <laughs> your talents are who make you who you are, but it's your heart and the way you deliver those talents will keep you being successful in, in this industry. So we, we touched about on the business part of it, that side. I, I want to touch now into one of the new phases. You reach this spot. You now have this starting $4,500 price point, whether it's $5,000, $7,000, whatever. In doing so, you've also freed up your peace to enjoy some time on your own and yes. have a personal life. And yes. in doing so, became comfortable enough now to add somebody to your team who can take on not lesser weddings, not less important, but for people who may have a smaller wedding, that may only need a few hours and would love to help somebody continue to grow. So how did you come to the process of now's the time to bring somebody on? Yeah. So I think it's, it's a couple of things. It was one getting to the point where I was getting so many inquiries for dates that I already was booked for. And I just hated that I had to turn people away. I hated that I wasn't able to also help serve those couples. And so I wanted to bring someone on so I could still offer the apartment B experience and, but I just physically wouldn't be the one there on the wedding day. Um, and then I, like, I'm going to lose my train of thought here as I'm saying this. Um, you were asking me when I decided to. Right. Because it, it did. When you reached the, when you reached the higher level and you knew I needed to be at this point, a, because I deserve having this much money and I put this much time in, but now I can also take a weekend off this way. Somebody can still have the apartment B experience, but yeah. you, you you're also helping somebody else grow and share their passion. 
that might not have went on their own and did something. So you're, you're, yeah. you're, it, it leads you into your mentoring along with peace of mind and still serving. Well, and the great thing is the way I found my associate photographer, her name's McKenzie and she's wonderful. Um, she used to live in Texas and she actually booked me for six months of mentoring and we did them over Skype. And as I mentored with her, I loved working with her and she already has her own photography business and works a full-time job as well. You know, she's growing her business. And I was thinking, I would love to have someone like this girl on my team. Like she's just killing it in her own like area. And so then, um, as the fates would have it, she moved to Savannah, her husband's military, and they're going to be here for a little while. And it just was the right time and right place to bring her on because she's, you know, not even trying to take her business full time here in Savannah. Not that that would even matter, but it just meant that like her whole priority right now is just shooting as much as she can, whether it's for me, whether it's on her own, it doesn't matter. So she, it was kind of like the right setup and the right person that I felt like she really fit the apartment B like heart and vibe and everything. And, and she's super talented in her own right so well, that goes back. I, it's hard because you don't want to train your competition so you know right. that that's why right. it's hard to find somebody in this market that that we can do that with like we can't we don't always have somebody that's living here like she moves here and won't be here forever and leave then you're starting all over again exactly she's yeah she'll be leaving within the next year which is a, definitely a bummer but it's it's a great experience for me because it's letting me dive in and get my feet wet in like a management sort of role, which is new, right. new for me. And that's what I was, when I was trying to get my train of thought a minute ago, that's what I was thinking is I, part of the reason I hadn't brought on an associate before is I didn't have the faith in myself that I would be a good boss. That was some, a way that I really doubted myself. And it was just purely an insecurity thing. It was just me thinking, could I manage someone properly? Am I going to be able to give, you know, be assertive when I need to, but be a kind boss. Like I know all the things that I've had problems with, with bosses in the past where I felt like they weren't kind or they weren't nurturing or, you know, they didn't empower me enough. And I wanted to make sure I was at a point where I could be all those things for someone. And so I felt like in the last year, as I had this whole kind of like breakdown, identity shift, regain myself, I started to feel more confident and I started to get to the point where I felt like I had the capacity to be that for someone. Exactly. And I, and I think that's where we all get to be is we all, we all know again, above all, I think people like you and I would do this for free because we love our, we love photography. We love capturing somebody's story, but bottom line, it's a business. And I, and I think when couple reach out, they know it's a business. And I think, the scary part is people reach out and go wedding and destination in Savannah. I see extra dollar signs. I know I'm going to have to spend more money to get married here. And let's face it, it does cost a little bit more money uh, mm -hmm. to get married here. And people invest in a lot to get here. So we have to be mindful of that. I mean, you know, every single person that comes has an airline ticket to go with it. Or, yeah. you know, some people do drive, but you're still traveling. Where if you're getting married in, in your hometown, you just drive down the road and you might have a hotel that night because you don't want to go back to your house. Everybody is so it's it's money to get here, and so we reached the point that we raise our prices, but we still want to to serve some of the others, and we don't want to always be saying yes because we do need to recharge our soul. And in getting Mackenzie to come on with you, you still get to be your mentor, and and you're not a bad boss if you have people reaching out and mentoring to you. So, listeners, 
uh, aside from being a wonderful uh, a wonderful photographer and general person, she's a wonderful mentor. But we're not going to finish that up here. That's going to be in another episode coming up. Wendy's going to stick around and talk to us about mentoring. So just don't go anywhere, and uh, you know that'll be another episode that you'll be able to listen to. I want to finish up the photography part of it by now educating our couples and our vendors. What do they need to know? Advice from Wendy how they should go about hiring their destination wedding photographer, things they should look for, um, and why it's important to book early, and just why it's important to have a professional photographer. And then also, you know, explain to our vendors why, why they need to work with us and, and, and how we can make the experience better by working with them and why we ask so many questions just to get some, we have to add timeline question. We have to add this question. So, you know, why, Tell our engaged couples why we have sometimes so many forms so we get to know them better. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think that it's kind of like what you said earlier that photography is a luxury. Like all of these parts of a wedding are a luxury. So I know that couples don't have to book us. <laughs> like that's just a, a, a thing. But when they want to invest in something, they want that luxury and then they have the budget to match it. I would say that you get what you pay for. Uh -huh. And, and that's even saying like you and I have both been at points in our career where we were, we cost a lot less because we were a lot less experienced. Yep. You start somewhere and you grow. And I think that there's a photographer for every couple at every price point. And so I would say just my advice is look at your budget, probably put more in your photography budget than you initially think that you're going to need. Um, and then find someone that you really vibe with. Like, don't just go off of the photos they have on Instagram or their website. That's a great place to start because obviously you're seeing a lot of their work there, but like dive in, get to know who they are as a person, as a business owner, see full galleries, make sure that they can actually shoot from start to finish on a wedding day in every kind of light. That's, um, I mean, even on my end, I love sending full galleries to couples when they ask because I don't share a lot of like reception photos and things like that on my Instagram feed. And it's just simply because I, my favorite part of the day is like shooting the couples, shooting their families, shooting outside in Savannah. But I would want a couple to know that they could trust me with their reception that's in a dark room and needs to use flash. So I think just that's my advice to couples as far as picking a photographer is to really like, dive in and just make sure your photographer can handle all the different lighting situations you're going to throw at them. Um, and if you find someone who's experienced, they're going to be. So, you know, and don't be afraid to ask. I mean, you're not insulting yeah. us. And to be honest with you, small business owners, creative photographers, when a couple comes out to you and they're saying, Hey, I'm getting married at Soho and I'm doing the cathedral, go ahead and go, Hey man, that's great. Two of my favorite places and go ahead and send a link. Do you know how much farther yeah. that goes? Because they're like, Oh my gosh. Okay. You listened. And on that, how do you deal with these couples that email you, Wendy, and say, hey, have you ever been in the cathedral? I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. And if you go, I never have been. They go, oh, well, you know, have you know, how do you feel about not shooting in every venue in Savannah? I mean. Yeah. So it's funny. I still, I mean, I've been here, you know, almost seven years, and there's still certain venues I've never shot at because right. I don't know why. Just that's how it worked out. And so when, like you said, whenever someone inquires and I have shot at the venue, I always include a gallery at that venue because I want them to see this is how I've shot there before. And, but when I haven't, 
I, I look up the venue if I'm not familiar with it, which sometimes happens if it's somewhere like Hilton Head or out where you're at in like St. Simons or something. And I'll look it up and then I'm like, I want to reply with some kind of detail about that to show them that maybe I haven't shot there, but I care enough to know about your venue. So yeah. I'll say like, Oh, like that, those trees out behind the clubhouse at that, you know, um, resort or something that you're going to get married at. Those are so beautiful. Like I, I bet a, you know, a first look would look great there or something right. just, exactly. you know, so that they know that you're invested in, um, and, and then you're listening, that you've listened Yes. To what they said, and then now you listen and you respond with being the expert. Nothing right. wrong with being the expert. <laughs> but it's not just like a form email that they get back, you know, with like that I actually read it. I'm paying attention to like where they're getting married. And and then when we have the actual consultation, sometimes I will get the question like, are you, does it bother you that you haven't shot at this venue? I, they don't phrase it quite like that, but more like, do you feel comfortable shooting there? You know, not having shot there before. And my answer to that is always like, that's exciting to shoot somewhere new. I'm all about shooting somewhere new because that means I'm going to get to be really creative on your wedding day. I'm going to get to know this new place. And I reassure them that if it's somewhere I've never shot before, I'm showing up earlier than I even usually do because I'm going to walk around the venue and I'm going to just scope out like, this will be a great spot for family photos. This will be a great spot for their photos. And that way, then once we're into the day and the timeline's flowing and we're all doing our thing, I can be an expert. Maybe I haven't shot there before, but I've walked around and I've seen the light and I've seen the backgrounds and I can suggest things as we go. And then that builds trust too, because I'm not saying, Oh, I don't know. I've never been here before. Do you have a suggestion? Exactly. Yeah, if In our heads, we might be thinking that, but God forbid we say that out loud. Right, right. Panic in your head all you want. Like there are certainly still situations and I would hope forever I get put in situations that oh, I'm yeah. going, oh no, how am I going to make this work? <laughs> like, well, like, don't you drive what, home from weddings going, crap, I wish I would have just done, man, now the light looks like that. Where Why couldn't it have been there? I mean, I in 40 years, I... Because Tina will say to me, so how was it? I'm like, oh, man, at the end, I really wish I would have pushed a little harder and said, let's jump out in the rain. You know, right. it's, I'm never satisfied because I just love my couple so much that I want to give them all of me plus more. And I right. want them. And, and try, I think you agree. They're yeah. probably going five hours ago, Bobby, we're done. We got it. We know. But I know that you're doing it because you love us. That's great. And, and I think you're and my couples are a lot alike. Sure. Yeah. If you guys tell us to go there. At five after 12 and we're half drunk we'll go stand there for you because they just love us and know that hey we've got something for you so no I mean I, th I think that is the solid advice so now what is it about the other vendors and maybe vendors that are coming here to work with us that might be a good one um, yeah. how can we educate these vendors to understand what it's like to work here and you know again we already work with some great ones here but you know what is it that vendors need to understand about working with photographers yeah yeah well for any any vendor whether they're coming from you know elsewhere or they're already in savannah i would say get with your photographer before you guys set the ceremony time that's something that i i i'm trying to get better at educating my clients about that even earlier in the process but if the ceremony time is already set before you have talked to your photographer about that and you even like since save the dates out and it says a ceremony time or something and sometimes I'll have that happen and a couple will say our ceremony is at 530, but we don't want to do a first look. We want to do all the photos afterwards, which is still fine. I encourage first looks. That's a whole other story, but, but it's their day. If they don't want to see each other till the aisle, I fully respect that. But then if sunsets at six, 
and your ceremony's ending at six, like then we run into a problem <laughs> because there's Unless no light left. All the lovely Savannah photos taken in the dark. Exactly. And so it's just that little bit of education of before you, that would be for clients or for vendors, before you set the ceremony time, chat with the photographer and make sure you know how much time of daylight is needed after the fact. Um, and then for vendors that are coming specifically from out of town, I would say as long as a Savannah wedding vendor is doing their job and being a welcoming, awesome team player to really lean on us for our knowledge of Savannah, you yep. know, that we are able to provide insight into things that even like an, a really great wedding planner that's used to having to figure out all of these logistics and these details, if they don't live in Savannah, they may not know some of the quirks that we know, yep. like plan extra time getting from point A to point B because you're going to get stuck behind a trolley or a carriage <laughs> that that's, that's like just a quirk that Google maps can't tell you when they say it's going to take 10 minutes to get place to place. They're not including time for horses in front of you, but we know that, you know, we know. Or that like, oh, out. but wait, you're a Tybee chapel. Yeah. So I built in the 24 minutes just to walk over to the beach and come back. That's doable. Yeah. Right? yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Like we're so familiar with how it all works and, and you know, we've got, we've got knowledge just from doing it every weekend. So I would say, honestly, my advice for any vendors working together at all is think of each other as a team. Like you're all a team for that couple on the wedding day. And so there's no ego involved here. Like we we're just leaning on each other to make the best possible experience for them. And so I always say, I think of it almost like I'm working a shift somewhere and who's going to be my coworkers for that night. Like who, who got scheduled tonight? You know, like back in the days when I worked at gap in college, you'd get excited if like your buds were scheduled on the same night. And that's how I look at wedding vendors here and how I kind of wish everybody looked at it is like, go up to your DJ and say hey to them. Like, don't just come in and blindly do your job and not talk to, you know, the caterer, the DJ, the, the venue planner, like all of those things. Like you're all there doing the same thing. You're all just trying to make an awesome experience. It's just different pieces of that experience. And, and, and brand new photographers take, take a tip from a 40 year veteran and a 10 year veteran. Do not walk up to the reception when you first get there and walk up to your DJ, caterer, and wedding planner and go, I'm done at 7. Get everything done in 30 minutes. No. <laughs> that will give you literally a check mark that you will have fight forever to get off in your career. Yeah. Um, the number of the times down here, I, I'll be down here working wedding, and I will get DJ friends from Chicago or, or St. Louis or, or somewhere else that I, I've built a rapport of people with, and they'll send me a text going. So the photographer just walked up to me and said, hey, I'm done at 6.30. Well, dinner's at six, and they told me to cram all the dances in between the food things. How, how, how do I have your permission as an industry veteran to, to shoot them literally right now and, and break their camera? I mean, they don't get it. I, you know, we, are, why, we need, as photographers, to not be all about us. Um, for yeah. a long time, it was these rock star photographers, and I'm so glad to see that trend uh, and that personality vacating yeah. uh because it is not about wendy and i it is about how yeah. can we enhance your day um how can we tell your story um i don't want to be visible on your day i mean i have a big personality um but i still very quiet i mean right I, to this day I, I i love and i think you'll attest it is when we get the notes the snail mail that say 
blah, 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 blah. Oh, and P.S. The photos are great. I want you yeah. to tell me everything else about what I did that day and how I served you. And you know what? The photos should be great because you're really paying me for all the stuff you complimented me on. So uh, yeah. you're the same way I am. So listeners, yep. you've heard a little bit about being a destination market and what it likes to be here and what it takes to work here. And you've heard a little bit about how transitioning your business coming out of, and finding yourself and reinventing yourself. So we're going to say goodbye to Wendy for this episode, but I want you to come back. Episode 39 is going to be about how she is all involved in raising our Savannah wedding community Tuesdays together and mentoring small business. So for this episode, Wendy, I'm going to thank you for sharing your information with us and your expertise. Don't worry about the show notes, everybody. Tina will link you back to all the wonderful places to find her. You're going to want to follow her on Instagram and get to know her even more and, and sign up for some mentoring with this, with uh, this talented lady, because, uh, as she involves and grows, she is willing to share those experiences, good, bad, and ugly with you. So Wendy, thank you so much for your time and sharing your expertise and your heart with our listeners today. Thank you so much for having me, Bobby. I loved this conversation and I'm just so excited I got to be here. Great. So everybody hang around. We're going to come back and do episode 39 with Wendy and all about mentoring. Have a fabulous week, everybody. Go out. Remember what we do matters. How we do it matters. Be kind. Treat everyone well so we all can succeed. We're all working for the same goal here, everybody. Being a fabulous wedding vendor and serving your couples is what it's about. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. For more information about today's episode, check the show notes at BeFabopodcast.com. Hey, while you're there, don't forget to subscribe and sign up for Monday Motivations, delivered hot to your inbox. And there will be more. Can we say more? Till next time, be fabulous.